1: red eyes staring back at me. That They're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, to be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point it kind of converge into this one entity which will be revealed as extraterrestrial, you'll realize that aliens are the gods of old, and at that point it will like religion out of the context of humanity.
2: No, it couldn't have been a person, I know that.
0: This is Uncomfortable. Hello everyone and welcome back to the show. I am your host, Eric Salaji. If you've had an uncomfortable experience and you'd like to have it featured on the show, please get a hold of me at at gmail.com Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. Most importantly, please... Share the show with others and make sure that you leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you can. Those are the main ways you can help in getting the show out in front of other people. And with that, the more people listening means more great guests coming forward like tonight's guest. As I've said in previous episodes, I've got some big announcements and some big ideas for 2023. We've already launched the Uncomfortable Discord server. You can find the link in the show notes It's been a lot of fun so far. I encourage all of you to get involved. Um, I'd love to see you there. Also in the show notes, you will find the link to the official Uncomfortable merch. We've got t-shirts, long and short sleeves, women's t-shirts and tank tops. You can get the logo on the front, the back, or both if you like. We've got a really cool quarter zip pullover, two types of baseball hats, and a knit beanie. These items will only be available until march 5th so if you want to get yourself some uncomfortable sportswear please make sure you head over there and get your orders in before march 5th tonight's guest reached out to me and uh, at some point felt compelled to tell her story as of the recording of this episode this is actually the anniversary date of a very dramatic and, and serious health issue that, uh, that took place three years ago. She thinks and seems to be pretty sure that it is related to an experience that she had while doing a paranormal investigation. I am, I am super interested to get into this um, because the health scare that she had seems to be just the beginning. It's actually the end as we know it up until now, but there were a number of things that led to it that uh, she's going to be covering tonight. So let's get into it. Of a warm uncomfortable welcome to jay jay welcome to uncomfortable
2: hey <laughs> thank you eric um for having me on here and getting getting my story out there for everyone else
0: it is a there's a lot of components to it and from the short time that you and I have been conversing about it, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's a little bit difficult to, to follow um, in that we've only been talking about this a very short time. You've done, a, you've done a very good job of kind of giving me some cues and, and we'll be going off of that tonight. But I guess if you would, let's start off and, and let everybody know what this uh, medical event that occurred actually was?
2: Definitely, definitely have to start there. Um, So, January 19th of 2020, I, my son had to call 911 in a McDonald's parking lot (laughs) of all places. Uh, To ask for medical attention because I later found out I was having a stroke. Um, What's kind of ironic about it is the night before, I had just finished an overnight paranormal investigation. Uh, My first one ever might be my last one that I ever do just because of how dramatic it was. Uh, so since then, it's kind of put me on this trajectory of spiritual awakening, if you will, and really reflecting back on on who I am, on who I want to become, really diving into my gifts as a person Um, in a really messed up way. I feel like looking back, that was almost the best thing that ever happened to me in a sense. Um, At the time, no. no, it was not fun Um, there's a lot of work that I had to do, you know, post-stroke. Um, but I do have gratitude in that I would, I don't think I would be where I am today and who I am today if that hadn't happened. So there's like a lot of, you know, conflicting emotions that I have surrounding that whole event that happened. but um, it's pretty noteworthy.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, let me just say, I mean, I'm looking at you right now. You're, you're a very lovely woman. It does not appear that you are showing any, um, of the, the typical signs of what you would expect somebody to have a stroke, you know, like a droopiness in the face or, or anything like that. So, um, I guess the one thing that I want to state is not to get too personal, but your age is, is not, typical for, for the event of, of a stroke. I mean, you're, you're relatively young lady and uh, you know, in your mid thirties at the time that this happened, right?
2: Early thirties at the time this happened and it, you're right. It's not common. It, it literally complexed every single doctor and I mean, once I arrived at the hospital, I had, uh, you know, medical students like from out of town coming to study me in a sense of, wow, this is not a normal case. This doesn't happen. It's unheard of what's going on.
0: So Uh, by by you saying that, I have to assume then that your medical history had no, there were no prior um, ailments or any kind of issues in your, earlier in your life that would've pointed to eventually having a stroke or or being the, the cause of it. If they were that perplexed by it.
2: So, Medically, yes. On on a patient's chart, looking at it, health history, there were no indications to explain why this would happen at 31 years old, 32. (laughs) Um, No underlying conditions to trigger it,
0: nothing. So where do we go from here? What is, where Where do we transgress?
2: I would definitely stay, say as, um, okay. So night before this happened, I ended up in hospital. And then thereafter re- rehabilitation for weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm-hmm. I had the, you know, courage and all that. I finally came around to joining my family member who started going on paranormal investigations, overnight ghosts, hunts, et cetera. I said, yeah, why not? Sure. I'm into that. I love researching it. Uh, never been. And so I volu- you know, signed myself up And we went to the Haunted Hill House Manor in Mineral Wells, Texas. So I'm in Dallas. And I invited a a girlfriend of mine to join me just for comfort's sake. Um, There were six of us total that went. And leading up to that, first time I just had naturally anxiety leading up to it. Sure. It's like, Oh my God, this, this over looming dreading date. I know it's going to happen. Don't know what to expect. For some reason though, I think, I think it's, uh, worth mentioning. In very close to the days up to it, I, I, it was like this download that I got, uh, you need to start repeating these mantras. You need to, um, pro- protect yourself, your vicinity and your being in a sense. And I'm not religious. I'm not. Um, so that was very unlike my nature and I don't do that normally And all of a sudden, I got the urge of, you need to meditate and envision yourself being this white light and this protected area going into the space. And I go, okay, okay, sure, why not? I'll go with it. So, I did that. And I wore all white clothing going in there that might be superstitious, but for whatever reason, I just, I had this, something was telling me you need to do this in preparation. So I didn't fight it. Um, on the way there in the car to the haunted Hill house, I told everyone involved, don't say my name. Do not say my son's name, my sister's family, friends, anyone.
0: During the course call me of something the, else. During the course of the investigation,
2: yes, because I wanted just being my first one. I wanted to go in objectively, logically. I was skeptical. I was, you know, it's like, ugh, come on. I mean, how there's so many haunted houses out there that people make money and profit off of that they have rigged. Right. Like I've watched the videos in which they debunk haunted houses. Mm-hmm. And so everyone agreed with that. And, uh, settling into this place, the owner's husband, wife, did their whole spiel. They walked us around, gave us a tour, um, showed us where equipment was at, et cetera. And um, they actually live on site behind the property on an RV and they monitor you all night just in case something crazy happens. So I go just in my objective mind. Okay. Yeah, sure. These people are listening to the, the, the feed, the audio feed in this place all night long. And then tomorrow morning they're going to provide us evidence sure. that has been manipulated based upon the things that they heard and saw from us.
0: So you were interested <laughs> in doing this, but you were, you were entering into it with a very skeptical.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so immediately we go into one of the master bedrooms on the bottom floor and my friend I I brought got scratched, physically scratched. (laughs) I didn't believe it at the time, called her out. We go back to home base, which is the kitchen and sure enough, she pulls up her sweater and there's a a physical red mark scratch. So the owner's wife then says, I'm I'm telling you guys this place is legitimate and anyone that wants blessed with holy water right now, you should do it. So we all get blessed. Okay, sure. I'm thinking, why not? Can't hurt. <laughs> continue on with the tour of the house, getting the background history of why it's haunted, who lived here, et cetera. And we go upstairs to what is called Adam's room. And Adam is the name of this boy that lived there, resided there, I don't know how long ago, right? Um, very long time ago. And it's an active place. The owner has a voice box out and goes, hey, you know, can you tell us how many people are in the room? As a, I feel like a showmanship, right? It's like, hey, let's, here's new people, show them, blah, blah, And sure enough, the, the box goes one, two, three, four, five. And I look at my friend okay okay cool it got the amount of people in the room right however back in my mind the wife wasn't in the room but the husband giving the tour so i kind of you know thought of it as okay she's back in the trailer at the back of the property looking on camera and she just did this you know and then Not long after naming off how many people were in that room, we hear it was either my name, my son's name, the one with the son. The one with the son, you know, the mom. And I tried not to physically react. And I just looked over at my friend standing next to me and she leaned in and goes oh my god uh that's you it's talking about you it just said your name and i go shh be quiet be quiet like stop i don't want them to hear like you know i'm still skeptical and we continue on through the house, do the tour, et cetera. Throughout the progression of the overnight investigation and that um, whatever spirit Adam that they called was very drawn to me and that I kept getting responses of it wanting to connect with me. It somehow knew I'm, I was a mom You know, I was the only one there in the group that is a mom that has a child. Um, that's, that was hard to wrap my head around. Um, another thing kind of really odd was my friend that accompanied me. I feel like got possessed (laughs) during that night. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What what makes you um, think that?
0: What, what what were they what were they doing that makes you think that they were possessed?
2: So the longer that we were there in that house, the less she became herself. To the point in which she was unrecognizable to me.
0: In personality. Person-
2: personality wise, nature wise, in the way that she, you know, interacted, responses, um, just, you know, yeah, interactions, just overall, the whole thing. And it got so concerning that my family member, my uncle that booked this overnight, and he has his own kind of like hobby side gig, paranormal investigation he does he's a, a ordained pastor he said something to me and he goes kind of pulled me aside and he goes hey uh, this is my first time meeting your friend so I have no baseline I'm just telling you she's not she seems really off and I go, I didn't, I didn't want to bring it up. It's awkward, but yes, I'm right there with you on the same page. Um, this isn't like her. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to explain it, but you're right. She got really, I don't want to say aggressive. (laughs) She got really physically invasive with people's personal boundaries that she just met too, right? This was everyone's first time meeting each other minus myself and my family, of course. And so it finally hit a point in which my uncle the ordained minister separated myself, my friend and him to one of the downstairs bedrooms and locked us in there. And in, in the sense of like, okay, we need to fix this. We need to isolate what whatever's happening, figure it out, fix it. And she was having hallucinations i guess i don't know she was seeing things in the room and just not being herself it surpassed eventually and that my uncle started saying prayers he started blessing the room sun comes up and
0: let me stop you how was she behaving as your uncle was okay. was praying over her what was her posture what was how was she behaving during that
2: okay so once my uncle and I isolated the three of us in this downstairs master bedroom because um, I no longer recognize who she was. I've known her a long time. She wasn't being herself. And the manner that she interacts with people, her usual rhetoric, verbiage, etc. cetera. It was just, I don't even know who you are. She kept seeing things in the room. She stated apparitions stuff going on that that was what led up to the point in which my uncle stepped in and said okay you let's just I think I need to intervene let's let's do this okay let's say some prayers and during in which she became more combative or aggressive. I hate using aggressive because it wasn't so much physical, right? It was just more verbally resistant and, um, obstinate and, uh, challenging what we were seeing and saying. And at some, at some point, she was calming down and almost asleep. and i don't I don't know what that was. like i I would assume it was phys- so physically draining on her. that is an explanation as to why she like just stopped and laid there. and she literally almost fell asleep. After that had happened and she calmed down and everything was fine, we felt whatever was in that room had passed and cleared. We then left and then reunited with everyone else back at home base. That pretty much was the uh, climax, if you will, of the whole overnight investigation aside from this Adam spirit that constantly connected with me throughout you know and you
0: you indicated that adam was a young boy right
2: yes according to the owners of this haunted hell house manor
0: and you had a young son as well
2: yes he was 12 11 12 at the time
0: and how old was adam do you know
2: Eight, I want to say like seven, eight, nine. Okay. Um, and according to the history that I was given, um, this whole house was a what do they call it? The the during the prohibition, and it's like the little women in feathery flouncy outfits and. I don't want to say whorehouse. <laughs> That's what I
0: like
2: I'm trying to
0: dance around that. A whorehouse. Yeah. Uh,
2: I just don't want to say it.
0: A house of ill repute.
2: There we go. That works. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently in Mineral Wells there's like this as so many places is this underground tunnel connection that led up into this place in which this man owned And, you know, kept this livelihood going of this
0: house of ill repute
2: house and the son um, of one of the women that worked there was kept in this room, Adam's room, and also locked in the attic closet during all these things that were going on that he could hear and see outside of it and uh
0: was there something was there something wrong with the boy i mean was he was he be, was being hidden because of a disablement or? he
2: he was mutilated i guess or disformed is it a, a better way to put it he was physically disformed um elephant man if you will and but regardless, right? Nobody wants to own that type of business and have kids right yeah. out in the open. You know, <laughs> it's not really appealing. Um, but yeah, it was. So there was that connection. Um, all of us ended up sleeping in home base after my uncle said prayers over my friend, and we went back to home base. I want to say it was 4:30 in the morning, close to 5, suns coming up and owners come back. Hey guys, you know, time to kick you out. <laughs> How to go. And I'm exhausted. We go back to our respective cars. My son stayed the weekend with his Nana Papa. And so, I left that place, got my car, drove to Nana Papa's, picked up my son, on the way home to where we live, I promised him McDonald's, it's like, okay, we gotta get McDonald's fries, and a Diet Coke on the way home, um...
0: That is a dog barking in the background, not some weird noises coming through, so. <laughs> God, I'm so sorry.
2: <laughs> God. Do I need to start over? No, oh. you're fine. You're fine. So, okay, hush. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the one, that is the one that my puppy, they're worst enemies. Like, they hate each other.
0: Oh, you got, so. you got the bully living next door, huh?
2: Uh, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry about it. I pick up my son. Granted, I pulled an all-nighter. Didn't really have sleep. And leave. And I drive the same way for so many years from Nana Papas to my house could do it with my eyes closed properly. And all of a sudden, and I knew I had to stop at McDonald's. All of a sudden I start to feel really weird. And I had the radio on and my son was talking. He was in the passenger seat up front. All of a sudden I had a hard time understanding words. And I, I I couldn't explain or understand what was happening. And I just said, okay, like I couldn't read the exit signs, et cetera. So I pull over to McDonald's. Like I said, the plan, um, I say, Hey, Colt, uh, Colt, go, you know, go hit the playground and I will order the food. I'm going to run to the bathroom. And I go in the bathroom. I stand there only because I needed quiet. I needed to be able to ground myself again. I look in the mirror. I didn't look myself. And it was this spiral I could feel internally of just this, oh, my God, Some like this impending doom, I go back out, find my son in the playground, and I say, hey, um, I left my phone in the car. I don't know what's going on, but I need you to go with me, help me walk to the car, open my phone, and call 911. 911. God bless him, okay. this nine year old child being asked to do such an adult traumatic thing, was so calm and uh, walked me out to the car. By the time I sat in the driver's seat, hand him my phone. I my throat started closing up, uh, my esophagus. I wasn't seeing, my vision was gone, my speech was impaired. For anyone that's familiar with stroke and how it impacts someone, it was, oh, it was the height of it. I hear, but I I am still aware enough that I can hear my son on the phone with 911. And they're asking him, it's on speaker, they're asking him, can you please ask your mom, who the president is, what date it is, like all the, you know, typical things to ask. I could not, I could not. And my son starts breaking down, um, people outside in the parking lot notice they kind of come over and there's a gentleman that, that, was kind enough to help my son and kind of take the phone and take over um, directives. And um, I was ambulant to the hospital and they ran every kind of test under the earth on me. Um, I, it was inexplicable. It was like such a perplexing thing that this 31-year-old was being wheeled into the ER with stroke code. Mm-hmm. She She's unresponsive. Like, she cannot speak. Um, she's having a hard time swallowing. And she has no medical history explaining why this should be happening. I was left... Not left. (laughs) No one abandoned me. But I was laid up in the hospital for five days at where I was. Doctors trying to figure out what had happened, why. Until I was finally transferred over to a long-term care facility for rehabilitation. I had tremors. I couldn't speak. I had a speech impediment. I couldn't eat. Um, I couldn't walk everything. Like I, I literally had to learn how to tie my shoes, learn how to brush my teeth again, um, learn how to write. And I remember being in the car before 911 got there to McDonald's. I hastily called my uncle and I said, "Oh my god. This is happening. Is this because of what we just did?" And he he said, "I Gina, like, I, I don't know, I don't know what to say, but you need to hang up, focus on you, and I'm going to say prayers, and I guess that was the, 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 in a nutshell, that was the, you know, height, climax of what happened, in my experience, um, I don't feel like I want to bore people with my whole progress of the long term um it was a road it was a journey I thank god my job was so understanding everyone was so nice that I was able to keep my job and and still support my son and myself and um I didn't get home though for weeks and weeks and weeks. And when I got home, I had a shower chair. Things were modified. I had a walker with tennis balls on the on the bottom of it. Like an a 70-year-old person. Yeah. You know. Um I I can't help but not correlate the two. You know, but in hindsight, because of what happened later on, it did lead me to like a forced doctor appointment journey of figuring out, you know, the inexplicable to where I was able to be diagnosed with um, MS with fibromyalgia. So I have mixed feelings about it. You know, if if I had never had this huge thing happen to me, I could have just gone on undiagnosed. Right.
0: So let me let me ask you. <clears throat> During your time in the house, during the investigation, you know, the whole thing with your friend sounds sounds creepy, sounds um, not positive. But as far as you, as far as your experience there, were you ever hit – with an overwhelming sense that something might be acting on you? <clears throat> or, or is this just all, and I'm not, I don't want to use the word coincidental, because I don't think that it's a coincidence. I mean, if, if in your mind you feel that there is a, a very logical and, and present um, association between the two events, was there anything that you felt negative from that experience?
2: I, I did gather, and the other people there, uh, my family and my friend I invited, they even verbally expressed. Uh, okay, Gina, you seem like the target tonight. Like you, all of the messages coming across through the voice box, through all the equipment we had, it kept coming back to so much me. Uh, and, I, and, I, and
0: I get that. I get that. But, you know, I'm I'm looking at this from, obviously from an outsider standpoint, but you know the fact that you were the only person there with a young child with a young son and it made reference to the one with the son i'm almost wondering if if the interactions that you were getting that were pointed at you were from an 8 to 9 to 10 year old child who passed and who still haunts that location and found comfort in the fact that you were the most like what he remembers mm-hmm. as far as being a child and having a mother, so maybe mm-hmm. that was his association with you and why he was he was gravitating towards you. I can be completely off, but you know, to me that would make sense. I guess what does. I guess what I'm looking for you from you is were you? I mean, was there a, a moment? Was there a moment during that investigation or during the the entire process of being there for that night where you were like, shit, I should not have done this. Something something (laughs) has gone dramatically wrong. I should not have done this. This is not, not, I shouldn't be here.
2: Mm, I, so there, there was never... A big targeted moment, uh, physical attack or um, a communicated from the spirits moment that felt negative, you know, other than I was the I was the one that got the most responses um, when asked, I felt the most emotionally drained and got physically sick, you know, nauseous. And throughout the night, we definitely kind of set two teams up and separated where it's okay. Hey, you three go here in this room and do the upstairs and we're going to do this section. Right. And it, kind of became evident the longer we were there that when I was present in that moment, more happened. So I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how to take that. I will say what happened a little bit one year after the anniversary of this was um, really striking to me. And those were the audio files that I sent over to you.
0: Yeah. um, Boy, I don't even know what to make of those. Um, I'm going to pull them up here and we'll play them. Now, she she forwarded a a photograph as well of a a post-it note or a sticky note. And she received three voicemails. And with each one of the voicemails, the number that it came from is completely different. She had the presence of mind... To at each number when she tried to call that number back she wrote down the, the recorded message that followed the first number after the first message the message was cannot be completed as dialed the second one with a completely different phone number the message was unassigned. And then the third one, which was another completely different number, all three having very different uh, um, area codes. That one, the message was cannot be completed as dialed. And I am going to play each one of these voicemails for you in succession here. And I think you're going to find that they're, they're very common. So here's the first one. I'll play that again. The second one. that again and then the third one all very similar if not exactly the same very very similar That's a creepy sound. Uh, it, 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 <laughs> yeah. does, it does sound like there is some kind of a verbal component to it. Um, I, but I have to I have to say, um, from my from my experience, that sounds very much like what some people refer to as an electronic voice phenomenon, an EVP. On a recorder that happens when you are at times investigating a haunted location. What are your thoughts? Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So.
0: And, and what was the progression of getting these voicemails? Was it, were all three in the same day? Were they days apart, weeks apart?
2: Oh, man. Okay. This is juicy. So, <laughs> I on January, February of 2021. Okay. I see my uncle, and he's posting, of course, it's his side hobby going on these overnight investigations he post something on facebook saying that he wants to revisit haunted hill house the place in which my first one was mm. i go back and forth internal conflict with myself of oh my god okay is this a sign should i go should i face my my fear if you will, should I revisit head-on and address whatever happened or not? So for weeks and weeks and weeks, I contemplate it. And finally, I decide, okay, you know what? I'm going to go. I need to face my fear. I need to... Um, just meet this where it hit me. This was like so significant and traumatic for me. I've overcome it. It's been a year, et cetera. So I message him on February 24th of 2021 at nine fifty seven PM. And I say, let's pull the trigger. Thumbs up. He messaged the owners and said, sit in the reservation request. I'll let you know. And I had already expressed to him that I didn't want him to let the owners know that I was coming, right? I don't want this to be a known fact that it's the same people because i myself am still trying to be really objective really logical and still put up such a hard guard filter of if if something is paranormal so real beyond explanation i'm going to make it the hardest possible for you to be real and 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 legitimate so next day at that's where the sticky note comes in very next day that i tell my uncle pull the trigger on the reservation of the anniversary overnight 10 25 a.m i get my first voicemail that you played yeah i work from home And everyone gets spam calls, random numbers. I disregarded. Second call at 4.27 p.m. same day. Disregarded. Let it go to voicemail. I'm working. Third one that came through at 5.13 p.m. And left a voicemail. At that point... Something in me goes, okay, you cannot just disregard this. You cannot ignore this. Uh, Something has, you have to do something, right? So then I go back and I play in sequential order every voicemail, the three in total that I had gotten throughout that day. All of them were the exact same. That you played. So spread out throughout my day. And I don't know how to explain. I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling still to me. It was, like, less than 12 hours after I told my uncle, hey, yes, I'm committed. Let's pull the trigger on going back there.
0: So... Let me ask. I I don't want to go ahead. Hold on to the thought. But did you ever, did you ever pay any attention to the, um, the, the beginning three numbers of each one of those numbers, three two five area code, five one two area code, and nine zero three area code. Um, I did. Were they? You know, because so many times now, um, these these businesses that do robo calls and auto calls and stuff like that, they can mimic um, area codes that are, are local to your area or at least somewhere near you where it might look like, oh, this is, I probably should answer this. Um, are any of those area codes near you? Did you ever look up to find out where oh, they are yeah. actually?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah my investigative ass like oh yeah i mean 512 that's austin 903 that's like uh lubbock amarillo okay i can't recall off the top of my head what 325 is but yeah so once i receive the third call in voicemail I go, okay, so I need to pay attention to this for a reason. I'm going to jot down. That's why I put all the information on my sticky note Mm -hmm. that I immediately started Googling area codes. I immediately started calling back those numbers because I do understand it. Everyone gets spam called, right? We all get those unknown numbers, those spam call numbers. And block them. And that's why I had dismissed it so much until the third call. And I finally listened to the voicemails and like, holy shit, these are all three of the same voicemails at 1025 AM, 427 PM, 513 PM. And... I sent that I immediately actually t- uh, messaged my uncle and I just said, um, you know, Hey, so curious, do you have any kind of decryption audio software or something? And all the paranormal stuff you do as a sure. hobby, do you have something? Cause I have shit to send you. <laughs> and I go, been getting two-second, five-second voicemails that sound like the same pitch and background. I don't know what to make of it. He thought it was spam, same. I go, mm, it's not, it's not. I don't know how to explain it. It's just not, it's not spam. You know, the fir- I disregarded initially because I thought it was just a pocket dial. They're all three the same. So I ended up posting this cry out call, if you will, on Facebook of all my friends of, Hey, does anyone out there in the paranormal realm have software? If I send you something, can you please plug it in and be able to like decipher and break down this whole thing? Got someone. Thank goodness. Um, so I sent it to him next day, he sends me back his response of what he deciphered. And prior to, I listened to them, I knew myself what I heard. I had my own message that I received from it. I didn't share that with anyone, not a soul. Because again, I'm trying to be skeptical, trying to really make it hard for spirit world to legitimize themselves. He puts it through his software. um, He returns it back to me. I send all three audio files to him, the voicemails. He scrubs each three individually and then combines each and in the combining of each individual waveform audio file they overlapped they were the same of course um it's personal opinion, if you will, of what he interpreted the audio file that I don't know one out there right now that, that kind of, um, dictates and, and, you know, says what it is, what it hears. Um, but when he sent it back to me and said, Hey, I, I did this, um, this is what I gathered. It matched head on the nail, what I heard, which was, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Wow. I immediately, I mean, chills over my body when he got that back to me because.
0: Did he ever provide you with a, a cleaned up version? of
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, you I want to say... Can you send that to Yeah, me? absolutely, yeah. Um, so collectively, between the three, it was 20-something seconds, um, the same message, but it was, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Wow. I don't know if you want to replay that Neil, but that's what I heard, that's what he gathered.
0: Actually, if you can send me the file that yeah. cleaned it up, I can, I can play these again and then I can play that one.
2: Absolutely. So, yep. Doing that right now. So in that moment, um, I'll just kind of get more in detail while I'm doing this is <clears throat> it was so profound to me. Is, uh, literally less than 12 hours after I had said I'm going to go back to the place in which this all started that I get those voicemails that I get that message Um, I I don't know I don't know how to explain it it was uh, <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe you've had experiences with guests in which, you know, that's light bulb moment and you're, Oh yeah, no, that, that sounds similar. Like this stuff happens. I don't know. To me, that was just a one-off. I, it's so insane to me. It blows my mind.
0: You know, I can't, I can't say that I've had anything, um, that is identical or even remotely close to what you're explaining. Um, it's it's very strange and it is such a um, coincidence that it would happen on the day on the day that your uncle put in the reservations to go back to the same place. It is strange, very strange. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play the voicemail in its original form, and then I'm going to play the enhanced version by the person that uh, ran it through their software. So here we go again with the original version. one more time and now this is a an actual video of the spectrograph Now going back to what you said um and I've I've experienced this on a personal level doing investigations and I have seen it happen watching other other ghost uh, investigative shows where, you know, I I get the production value of putting the words on the screen that, that the production company thinks that they, they are hearing. And, you know, then when you, you see those words and you hear a lot of times it, it makes sense. It fits, you know, the, the syllables might be the same. Mm. Um, but you're not you're not allowing your own mind to facilitate what you think you heard when when you're watching it on TV and you mm-hmm. have those words mm-hmm. pop up in front of you you for for your case, having already made up your mind what you thought it was saying and then to have him come back and basically confirm the same um I would have to listen to this in in a little bit better environment than uh, what I'm listening to it now, but the syllables, the um, the uh, the cadence of of what's being heard, I see what you're saying. I mm-hmm. see you know, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry um, because it has that cadence to it. Um, I'd be in, I'll be interested to to play that on a on a much better sound system than than what I have in my ears right now uh, when we're done with this. But
2: and of course, I mean anyone anyone that listens to this podcast and please please like get the audio file yourself and run it through whatever you have. I'd be open-minded to your feedback. But again, um, my takeaway was I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And it was significant in that I, 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 the same, I don't believe in coincidence. I don't, everything happens for a reason and so 12 hours prior that I said okay I'm going to go back to this haunted house and meet my fears and what happened to me that was so traumatizing and I received that I really struggled with how to process that message you know I'd never went back. <laughs> okay. So you, Spoiler didn't, you alert. did not
0: go back. No.
2: No. I never went back. Um no, my uncle ended up doing just a solo overnight there. Um
0: Did he ever talk I about didn't. it was it was it an eventful?
2: That is such a good question. Um i didn't think to ask it but i i will i will i'll get back to you on that um but i just took that as a sign of oh my god
1: bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then
2: Whatever spirit energy is there uh, is remorseful, and for whatever reason, they know what happened to me. They they know that I had a stroke, that I was hospitalized, and in physical therapy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and they're apologizing. And knowing that I'm coming back, it's like, how do you, (laughs) it blows my mind. I I still, it is still going back. There is still on my kind of back burner of consideration.
0: Is it because you want to face your fears?
2: And I think I think now I think now because of what happened really sent my exploration into this whole realm into hyperdrive. I think like now it is not fear-based, it's more I need to know fact based.
0: Are you wanting to confront whatever spirits are there and find out why they did that to you if they did that to you
2: Oh yeah 100% 100% Yeah it's like absolutely I mean are so did you psychodial me and leave me voicemails throughout my work day apologizing because you intentionally caused that harm on my body for one a higher purpose or two you didn't know the defamation it would cause you know yeah i'm curious
0: well i'm gonna ask you this and if it's too personal please don't be offended by it and and tell me you just don't want to answer it but you know, from, from what I've seen of you in, in the video, um, you don't look like you're suffering from the effects of a stroke anymore. Are you, do you walk fine? Do you, you're, you have control of your, your tremors? You said, I mean, are, are there any lasting effects mm-hmm. of, are, are they detrimental lasting effects.
2: That is such a good question. Um because yes. Um since then I am now on medication because I have uh uncontrollable vertigo spells or I have limbs in my body that go numb and I don't sleep well because my joints and my bones hurt and I'm really weak. Um, A a lot of, a lot of things that, yes, because of that, I, I now have a routine kind of, uh, neurologist yearly checkup and I'm on medication to kind of manage my muscle pain, my, my bone pain, my vertigo, all those things. Um, I don't
0: know. It hasn't been easy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure not. I guess the the reason I asked that was, you know, if your answer was going to be that there were no detrimental mm. long-lasting effects of it, then possibly what happened there was intended to draw attention to you finding out about the MS and the fibromyalgia
1: mm. you know, in, okay.
0: in, in a way that, you know, yeah, this happened, but it was a good thing because now you know this, and you can treat it, and you can you can work towards a, a resolution to it. Um, but if you're having if you're having detrimental effects from the stroke itself, then that that theory doesn't make any sense at all. So, so
2: are you, so are you saying it's the opposite then that it was uh, there's this malignant intention.
0: I wasn't trying to bring that, no. Um, I just thought that, you know, the possibility of, hey, we're going to, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm the spirit now. I'm going to do this to you to make this happen so that you have to go to the doctor and go through a rigorous Mm. amount of testing. And then they will find that you have MS and you have fibromyalgia. But, um, you know, I suppose now that you bring it up, you know, is... (sighs) is that a is that a possibility i guess maybe it is that it was a nefarious thing um you know the whole the whole association with adam and you having a son that is roughly in the same age bracket at the time that he was you know was was he a jealous spirit was he Uh, it was, he enamored with you because you were a mom and did he want to, did he want to effectively go home with you? I mean, did you possibly look like his mom, remind him of his, his earthly Mm. mother? Um, was he offended to know that you had another child that, you know, he was jealous of? I I mean, Mm. you could go on and on for, for a day with the different, um, the different rabbit holes there you you indicated um in in some form of communication to me we had so many um you indicated that there were some things earlier on in your life that gave you the indication that you have some insight to or maybe gifts would be a better answer or are are those things that you would you would want to get into
2: yes <laughs> absolutely uh yeah because <clears throat> so i don't know if
0: i mean i think i think looking <laughs> looking at Looking at the, the the various things that have happened to you in the past leading up to this event. They seem to be in the same realm. And they seem that I think it can paint a picture that you are more easily affected by and have a clearer recognition of, of spirit in in work in in activity you know that that because you've had interaction with it before not necessarily i'm not saying that it's the same spirit but i think you're you what you've told me makes me believe that you are much more open to the uh, the interactions and and maybe that is a precursor to why you were in your words kind of singled out or when you were doing the investigation
2: Oh absolutely. Yeah. I'm no, trying I'm trying it. really hard. You hit it spot on. Dude, you hit it spot on because I like disclosed that to everyone that was involved in the overnight of okay. Cuz some of these people didn't know this about me. Right. This was like such a vulnerable moment for me and a shared experience. And that I had to tell these people because I felt like it was needed to be shared and that I told my uncle, hey, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just telling you. I have had so many things happen in my life. And I, for whatever reason, feel this necessary cleansing, preparation, you know, thing to happen leading up to this. Uh, I don't know what to do with it. But it's there, and you should be aware of it. And uh, I, sorry for whatever happened. Um. Yeah, I've I've been so avoidant to whatever veil ties that I have. Uh, but this was definitely the okay. Now it's affecting you know, now, now there's other people involved. Okay. Because actually, you know what, you're leading, you're kind of leading me because you do so good at this. You're leading me to this really good epiphany point is I have had self experiences in my life, but I feel like this was definitely the one in which was so shared. Um, the first time it was so shared publicly and and broad and with all the people and you know paid for this experience and um and it kind of opened up this whole rabbit hole that I self-reflected on when I got all those voicemails. and i it, I ended up not going on that second, you know, overnight. Because I got those voicemails, I told my uncle after that I had someone else run it through their software. and I said, i I'm so sorry. I will still pay you my half of this deposit. I cannot go again. Like after I have gotten those three voicemails and this thing calling me cowardly whatever, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't. And he that was where like he ended up going back and doing the solo investigation and you did bring up a good point i'll have to ask him about it is if his solo investigation the activity differentiated you know from my from my involvement cuz that yeah. that poses a really good question
1: But two, okay. so
2: in all of this, I still have people asking me, like, are you still going to go on, you know, go back and to that same place? Are you still going to go back there? And I honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's negative or positive. For me.
0: My gut. For whatever it's worth. I would not tempt fate. Yeah. I would not tempt fate. That's Mm. purely and simply because if it were me, I would have nothing to do with that place again. (laughs) Mm. You know, if I, if, if I, if I earnestly, truly felt in my heart of hearts that my experience there led to. That that medical event, even though even though there's a silver lining to it, and if had had you not had that happen, mm-hmm. they would not have found about found out about your other your other medical issues. I mean that that's a good takeaway at the end of the day. You know that's the silver lining in the whole thing, I guess. Um, but I don't I don't think I would tempt fate myself. I know. I know that i would walk away from from the idea of doing it again
2: yeah
0: you know i don't i don't know how (laughs) i don't know how a surfer um you know there was a there was a girl i don't know if she was from hawaii or um, australia young blonde haired girl uh, probably around 10 years ago um, who got attacked by a shark while she was um surfboarding and she was a very good surfboarder i mean she was you know crazy good and then when it was all over and done with you know she back out there i forget i think she oh lo- my I think, goodness. She, I think she lost her arm you know up to the shoulder and then she's back surfing again <laughs> in the same waters as that you know i i'd been like nope i'll get a skateboard <laughs> I'll surf on the the sidewalk. Yeah. You know that that's me though. Um, if you did go back, I mean, I would say that you've got balls the size of King Kong. You know to <laughs> to go face that again. Um, I'm I'm curious if your 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 relationship with your friend that was there, who had who had the, um, the change hmm. of personality and, and all that was there. What is your relationship with that person now? And like immediately after was, I would think that that would have put a strain on a friendship. Um,
2: it, it has, it has, um, that's a very good point. Uh, It put it straight on, like, everyone that was there that night, you know. Um, I mean, my uncle, uh, his son, his daughter, his daughter's partner, me, and my friend. So, I... uh, do put myself in their shoes and then I can't imagine going like having me tag along and then knowing what happened the day after that, that is so traumatic, not just for me, but for them. Yes. It did, did put a strain in that <clears throat> awkward discussion. <laughs> I mean, there were definitely check-ins and it's, do you need anything? Are you okay? You know, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like it put me back on the line of people to call if they ever want to do another investigation. I mean, who wants to ever invite the girl that, like, had this happen to her? You know, it's... Uh, no, that's horrible. So um aside from hobbies and paranormal, love love everyone to death, still good good terms with them. Um but they definitely were hesitant. Um, especially off those the voicemails. Of inviting me on anything
0: else, you know, yeah, so looking back on it now, all of it all of it behind you the um, your your therapy done uh, you' you're functioning well, um, when you look back at that experience of that night. Do you have a feeling in your gut that you were dealing with something that was ambiguous and you just happened to be affected by it? Do you feel that it was something negative that was acting specifically towards you? Do you feel that there was something negative in the place and you just happened to be open enough to be the one that took the brunt of it? Do you think that by you going into that room with your uncle while he prayed over your friend, that whatever was oppressing your friend at the time may have been the cause of your ordeal? Did something jump from her to you?
2: I initially thought, that it was very much my takeaway was negative and that, oh my God, there's this evil spirit that headed out for me and targeted me and caused all this chaos physically, et cetera, afterwards. And I kind of maintained that thought about it and that mentality of my experience up until I received those voicemails. So once I got those voicemails and to me, again, everyone else may hear something different to me and what my friend, um, deciphered and his like software scrub was, Sorry, I'm so sorry. So, it wasn't until I had gotten those voicemails that it changed my perception on what happened. To Okay, wait. Is this Oh my god, this spirit, whoever this is, that's coming through to me is remorseful. They're sorry. Like, I don't know how to explain that they know what has happened to me in the past year. After this, um, but they're apologizing, or, and so
0: let me play the devil's my, advocate here. Okay, or what it,
2: to reel me back in?
0: Or yeah. I'm sorry. Are I didn't, you serious? I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. It was an accident. Please come back. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Please come see me again.
2: Mm. I love that you're playing devil's advocate. I do the same. Uh, I haven't considered that. I haven't.
0: Would this, if it was a negative energy, if it was nefarious in its intent, would this have been the first time that you've experienced something like that?
2: Of course. (laughs) Heck no. (laughs) Heck no. And, and, um... I guess maybe that is why I felt the intent and energy so much with what I received in the voice, the audio messages is that it wasn't nefarious and it wasn't malignant because I have had experience with something that was and I immediately, it wasn't even when I heard it, when I finally listened to the voicemails, it wasn't even, okay, I need to replay this over and over and over again to really pick up on what was being said. I just immediately knew. And goosebumps, chills all over my body when I heard it because it was just like it was such an understood message at that moment and i don't know
0: when you listen to it now is it still just as clear as it was to you before or can oh, 100% you, is it really yeah because for me again like i said i hear the cadence and it matches what you're saying but again until i listen to it in a in a much better suited environment than what i have right here um i'm not getting i'm not getting that i'm not i'm not getting anything i'm i'm i can't recognize what it's saying and quite honestly uh, that's no that's no knock on on the audio at all. I have problems when I'm watching Ghost Adventures or Ghost Hunters. <laughs> you know, um, I'll I, I'm just like you know. There's some class A EVPs that I was like, oh, oh hell gosh, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. <laughs>
2: yeah. But there's some that
0: it's like, man, where how are you getting? Nah, that?
2: come on now. Yeah,
0: so, um, but it's interesting to me that it it's just as clear as I mean now as as it was before that's interesting yeah. i i'm very i'm very interested you know hopefully the um the playing it through the uh the re- recording system i have I, i'm sure it it'll be audible to to the listeners um i'd be very interested if if anybody listening to this what your take is on it and i'm sure mm-hmm. i'm sure jay would would really appreciate to to get your take as well.
2: Hundred um, percent. And two, do you think I should go back? <laughs> I mean, I I still I have I still have people asking. So it's you know two years from I received those voicemails, and it's still kind of a running joke, if you will, or question out there is. Unfinished, unfinished business and are you going to go um, I I don't know maybe
0: I, I'm going to say this with all due respect again my gut would tell me no don't do it but if you do do it if you do do it that didn't sound right, but I guess it is. Um, you've already started to take steps
1: mm.
0: with someone that is known well to the show. Um, as far as as far as being able to um, enhance your ability mm-hmm. to protect yourself, you know, I th- I found it. I found it interesting that at the beginning of the conversation you you were already um familiar with you know basically what you were describing was light blasting and and bubbling yourself and and you know having a protective um spiritual armor if you will um but it's good to know that you have decided to reach out and and get help with fortifying that um, in the event you do go back. I hope you don't because
1: <laughs> not that I have
0: a bad feeling that anything would happen. I just hope you don't, I don't, I don't know what good could come of it um, <sighs> because I wonder, and you know, we're, we're at an hour and 36 minutes already here and I don't know, You know, some of the other things that you indicated that you've experienced throughout your life. Um, I wonder if there is some relation that has been fostered either through yourself or through family members. Maybe it's uh, part of your family lineage. Um, I'm hoping that there isn't something that is incredibly patient and following you.
1: Hmm.
2: Hmm. I mean, I feel like you would know better than me (laughs) with how many conversations you have and all the people that you know, your network. uh,
0: Well, I mean... Frankly, you know, if I can bring it up, you know, you, you, in one of your messages to me, you spoke about uh, an instance that happened in, in West Virginia. And I find it, the dichotomy of that is something that you experienced while in Texas that was 180 degrees from what you experienced in West Virginia, (laughs) And,
2: Good old Appalachian area. <laughs> it's like super high activity.
0: Well, like yeah, that I whole, mean, you're you're, yeah. you're talking, you know, Hellier Kentucky, uh, not oh, far yeah. away. Um, the uh, the documentary by one of um, the Confessionals uh, film crew, um, the Dog
2: Man, dog, thing. Dark, dark
0: Holler. Yeah, that uh, all yeah. takes place right there throughout the the swath of uh, coal country. In West Virginia, I mean, is that is that something you wanted to delve into, or did you want to touch on it lightly, or would you prefer?
2: Uh, I would love to do that. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. I mean, so my yes, my experience. I'll just in a nutshell, my experience with my first overnight paranormal investigation was not my first exposure to this whole realm. Um, I grew up in a family of five children. My dad was a pastor. So uh, I'm gonna I... stop you right
0: there because that is <laughs> why. The, that is the first time I did not know your father was a pastor
2: yeah
0: now I am going to say that some of your experiences are resonating with me with other people that I've talked to, and it seems to be I'm not going to use the word common, but for Just lack like of,
2: a thread
0: for for common a, thread yeah, that's what for, came to mind for a lack of a better term, common with people who have grown up with a And I use the the term overbearing loosely, but an Mm -hmm. overbearing religious foundation in their family. It's almost like they're being tested, like they're Mm. being tempted to be called away from it. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what it is. So I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's
2: interesting.
0: that, That hit me hard. That, that is something finally with your experience, that is, that is something that I have heard a number of times.
2: We come with a really bad stigma <laughs> label. It's like, oh yeah, you're a, you know, pastor's child, you're a pastor's daughter. Um, but I don't know we we come from the same cloth but we're not all cut the same so yeah i don't i don't doubt that my upbringing had to do with so much like a rich soil to aggregate every other encounter spiritually that i had growing up um i do I do think there's a commonality with that, I agree, yeah, but we're not all you know crazy
0: <laughs> uh, and please, I hope you didn't misinterpret what i was saying i wasn't I wasn't indicating that at all it was it was just that I've known families whose dads were pastors, I've known families whose fathers were very, um, very, very involved in their churches
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and, and there tends to be an overbearance of those religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. You know, I've known, I mean, I, I knew a, a girl my age in high school who lived under those circumstances and she was a wonderful kid and you know we got along great and everything and um she had been going to a parochial school and when for whatever reason her parents decided to let her go to a uh, public school where i got to become <laughs> friends with her
1: yeah. it was
0: like katie bar the door holy crap man the kid just <laughs> went nuts you know and and ended up getting herself in some trouble um so and, and that's not what i was getting at with you it was just a matter of i've known people who have had parental figures that were very strong within the church or or pastors and they have experienced some of the same type of mm. and nothing is Nothing comes to mind quite as serious as you, your health problem, but it does seem like they're tested or they're trying to be lured, uh, lured mm-hmm. away from it or, you know, possibly te- let's, let's just see how strong your faith is. How much do you right, believe, right. Daddy? you know, how much is your how much strength is there in your belief? Um mm. that's all I was getting at. I certainly meant no offense or or was trying to indicate that you guys because no. <laughs> that you were crazy or anything like no, that. No,
2: I didn't feel that at all. I was just um I I am very much aware growing up in that of the stigma and the blanketed, you know, mm. I ideal of like what everyone tries to pocket us into Um, so yeah, I just had to say that out there, but um, I
0: do have to, I do have to (laughs) jump in again in, you know, having grown up in that environment and with your dad being a pastor and you to pretty much start off this interview tonight with stating that you were not religious. Mm. Yes. And there's no, Ugh. there shouldn't, I, mean, I
2: I hate and I love that you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks.
0: <laughs> Sorry. But, you know, I mean, I was born and raised Catholic. And everything that I knew, you know, as a, as a young child into my early teens was the Catholic Church. And mm. I, am, I am not Catholic. I am not a practicing mm. Catholic. I, I believe in a creator. Mm -hmm. I believe that there is something more. That creator could be an alien. I don't
1: know. (laughs) I don't know.
0: Um, I have too many questions. And it's been my experience that those questions that I want to ask, I get shut down more times than not by saying, well, you just have to have blind faith. And that doesn't work for me. Blind faith is not something,
1: Yeah.
0: you know, so... I mean, it was just interesting that you started off the, the interview by saying (laughs) we're not religious and your dad's a pastor.
2: Yeah. Okay. I guess that's old habits. Really don't die because I don't know. Maybe I'm just used to having to, uh, start out conversation with that because everyone else is still religious all my siblings everyone but me very much instilled and ingrained that aspect with them uh I was the black sheep and like I I don't know if it's a middle child thing that kind of comes into play um I very much challenged question my parents from the get-go um and bless their hearts now being a parent I don't know how they put up with me <laughs> like oh my goodness bless them uh but I never yeah I ne- just out of the whim. never accepted that you know this whole biblical organized religion thing and didn't make sense to me. Why am I praying over my dinner, thanking someone that I've never met that I have food at my table? No, my dad got up and went to work today and he has a job and he, et cetera. I got a paycheck and like, that's why I have food. Um, yeah. So, I would say, and two, it's been interesting growing older is like trying to strategically pick my sibling's brain if they did have shared experiences growing up. Um, Because I've only shared like one, the West Virginia one, right? I only shared that one with them and... So it's still kind of a known area, you know. Maybe they have had same experiences and don't want to talk about it. Hopefully if they if they did, maybe one day. But
0: what happened in West Virginia?
2: <laughs> Good old West Virginia. <laughs> Coal mining state. Um so be my dad being a pastor. We moved around so much. I mean, every two years, it was three years max. Then we li- leave, go somewhere else. Um, so I was born in Boston. Always a Northeasterner by heart. Die hard. Love Michigan. So many connections there. Miss my winters. Um. So went from Boston to Louisiana to West Virginia to Texas. Wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everywhere. Um so I don't know if it's relevant. Maybe it is. But my first known experience, and it might not be be paranormal. But in Louisiana, I was 18 months old and woke up in the middle of the night for whatever reason, didn't feel comfortable. I remember that needed my parents. And so I crawled out of my crib, landed on something, broke my arm. I feel like to me that's the beginning of my recollection because it was that point in which I never had restful sleep. Still don't. I have insomnia struggle with it. We Eight, moved to 18, West...
0: 18 months old. You have memories of being 18 months old.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which, which that's why I mention it is because, uh, Anyone I've I've shared that with, they go, that what? You're weird. Like I don't my first memories when I'm four, when I'm five, right? No, I I like so vividly remember the onesie I was wearing, what the room looked like, like everything. Play by play. Um So the next event was West Virginia. My dad got a new pastoring job at a church. We go to West Virginia, um, Beckley specifically, and the lovely northern homes have first, second basement. (laughs) Love those basements and the attic. So at this time I was... Four years old. Um, my dad always stayed up working during summer because he was in charge of the youth camps, summer camps for kids, and organizing that, etc. So um, I was always used to him being downstairs working. Lights on working. My younger sister below me and I shared a bedroom at that point. A queen bed shared a bed in a room. And we had a dog, a golden retriever, at the time. And I I woke up out of nowhere. Sometime in three in the morning. I know it was three in the morning. But 308, 310, whatever. I don't know. It was three. I woke up, looked at my clock on the left side table, saw it was 3 a.m., leaned over, looked at our dog, and then back over my left shoulder and saw a demon. I don't know how else to say it. A demon. Dark, um, greasy looking, black, heavy, standing at my door, the bedroom door, and yellow eyes, horny, thorned, shark teeth. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure I'm describing every typical demon encounter. Um, and I just immediately put, oh, hi dog. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sound.
0: <laughs> I think that's actually the first time he's ever interrupted a recording.
2: What kind of dog is he? Can Go- I ask?
0: Golden doodle.
2: Oh. Oh, sweet he's, boy. He's a good boy. So I saw that. Uh, immediately put my head back straight to the headboard, closed my eyes, and was like, okay, you're, you're dreaming. You're dreaming. This has to be a dream. I then heard whatever apparition approaching across the bedroom. It hopped upon the bed on my back. And immediately in which I heard and felt him, this thing, jump on my back, I got so hot. Um, Hotter than any fever I've ever known. I felt so hot and so heavy. It started... Digging its claws into my back, tearing into me, and saying, you, you're trapped. You can't escape. There's no way out of this. Um, And I started crying. And then me, still, I'm not religious back then, but I remember my mom Being like, if you ever encounter Satan, the devil, temptation, you have to say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. I was like, oh my God. Okay. I guess I got to say this. (laughs) I guess I got to listen to mom now so I said it I'm crying I'm crying all this so I say it and I go I close my eyes and like I I, I literally had paralysis in that I couldn't run my body I couldn't speak I and so in my mind I uttered the words in the name of Jesus I rebuke you sorry my dog It was in that moment that all of a sudden the weight off my body left, the heat off my body left, and I just felt, you know, breath of fresh air. I look over my shoulder, I'm still crying, nothing's there, and I go, okay, where's mom? Where's dad? (laughs) I need help. I knew because it was summer that my dad stayed up late preparing for church camp and needed, you know, like he was down there. So I walk to the front of my bedroom, stand at the doorway. I look down the hall and I see, Oh my God. (laughs) I'm so sorry. They're now yelling at each other. Um, I'm standing there and I see down the hallway, downstairs lights are on. Awesome, Gina. Dad's downstairs. Go to dad. I walk towards the hall, like go towards the end, top of the stairs. I'm like, okay, I'm so scared. Slowly, slowly make my way. I walk through the living room. Dad's not there. Walk through the kitchen, dad's not there. Go to the dining room, formal, light's on, dad's not there. That point, I started panicking. And I go, oh my God, where's my dad? I'm fucked, essentially. I, in a scurry, go back towards the stairwell to go upstairs to my room. On my way up the stairs, I hear something following me and middle of the stairwell, I stop and turn around and like at, at the stairs, there's a, it's not just straight step. Every step is the same distance. There's like a corner, if you will, it's like really wide in a corner where it turns.
0: Got kind all of love a landing there.
2: Yep. So right there was the same demon. And it looked up at me and started laughing and mocking me. And it said, you're not safe. Your dad's not here. No one's going to help you. Again, I close my eyes, I'm crying, of course, and I just remembered what my mom said, and I was like, okay, it worked the first time, let's try this again, I said, like, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, I look up to the top of the stairwell, and I see, so cliche, <laughs> the most immaculate beautiful lion glowing non intimidating lion it leaps over me lands on the demon and the demon disappears it it it's gone and then it just kind of like does in the dock position, it just like lays on its tummy and rests its arms out and looks at me. And it was such a moment of like unspoken communication, had to where in that moment I looked at it and knew you're okay now. You can go lay back down. Everything's fine. I have you. And I walked back up the rest of the stairs and got in my bed and went to sleep.
0: How did you feel when you were walking back up the stairs? Did you feel empowered?
2: It was the greatest sense of peace that still... I don't know if I can compare, you know, there's a couple of other like events, of course, that have happened in which I have felt such an overwhelming peace and comfort, but yeah, that was uh, pretty wild, pretty wild, you know.
0: It, it's astounding to me that you you have such a, a vivid memory of from that age um, and I mean that's not to that's not to say that it's not believable I have some I have some very early memories as well um, but probably towards the two and a half to closer to three year old range is where I really start having um, a number of memories that I can you know it's not just a an image from a photograph that I I can remember seeing the photograph and then a, a, apply a memory to it. Um, they're they're legitimate memories, but you, I guess my question for you is: having grown up in in the culture of the church, and I'm sure that it was it was probably something that was talked about pretty readily throughout your family and and throughout daily life. Do you think that, do you think that that could have been the impetus for creating what you saw? Mm. You know, was it was it a you know, because you know, I don't know I don't know what your your family's religious practices were or background was. But you know, there's some there's some religions, um, especially uh, the the fire and brimstone kind of <laughs> religions that, you know, quite honestly, I mean, they can terrify you
1: you know mm-hmm. you know
0: if you if you stray off course uh it, horrible horrible things are going to happen to you so you know if you were if you were the subject of of hearing some of these things on a on a regular basis if those were thoughts that were in your head um i kind of wonder that you know at a impressionable age like that could could those have been um I don't want to say manufactured, but could they have been manufactured by your your little brain? and you know, seemed very, very real to you?
2: I did consider that same thing mm-hmm. um, because as a kid, after that, I definitely compartmentalize, um, and then I wouldn't say it was till my early twenties that I came to peace with the fact that okay, it's it's you are still a good person if you're not religious, absolutely because there's a different way of being a good person find your own path and i started to dissect what had happened and ultimately realize i get what you're saying but um to me it's like okay it if it was such a constructed dream, if it was such all these factors that constructed and formed this experience, it should have been reoccurring, right? Um, to me. And it wasn't. And then two, the fact that it did I don't know. It it followed me, you know, leaving West Virginia. It followed me to Texas. And...
0: (sighs) So you you don't discount the possibility that what happened to you at Hill House could have been the result of something that has followed you from a very (laughs) early age and might be something that is inherently attached to you through your family's involvement with the church.
1: Oh,
2: Oh, you and your really good questions. (laughs) Um, I, you kind of, God, I don't know how to answer that because are you saying or are you suggesting that there's something like a negative entity and a negative energy tie attachment? Is that, is that kind of,
0: it does kind of sound like that to me, you know, and here's the thing. I'm not an expert. I am not classically trained in any of these things. I talk to people and I, I pick out patterns. Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: hear, I hear things that resonate with me. I have a very strong gut instinct for things. And if I'm talking to a person who started having visions of a demon at four years old, And you challenged it with the word of Christ. And yet you've had additional experiences with things that you felt have been of a negative manner. And ultimately culminating with a a pretty severe health crisis after being in a place that was reputedly very haunted it makes me wonder if there's something that is following maybe not just you maybe not you in particular for not you as a target but you because you are the offspring of somebody who is very much preaching the word of mm. and you have admitted that you're not religious, that you fell away from that portion of it, is that, you know, if a demon wanted to get at your dad, your father, your parents, your, the people who love you most in the world, What better way than to lure their child away from them to the thing that is most repugnant to them? I mean, again, I can be 100% wrong, and and maybe I shouldn't even be saying this because I don't want to put, you know, those thoughts in your head. You know better than I do.
2: I mean, you, you know, propose uh, considerations I haven't thought of, uh, and that's good, that's good, that's a positive, and <laughs> I don't know how to explain the... The fact that I disagree with that, like, I, I just, yeah, that could be the case. And, and some it is, um, I'm not going to deny that I am definitely a highlighted target, if you will, and anyone else that grows up within the church, within religion, to where that is a really dominating core energy and belief in which they raise their family and live. However, I feel like it was because of the fact that I inherently challenged that construct and it being broader than a biblical Jesus on a cross. And it was, you know, a broader conception of there is just a one all higher entity, divine power, and all of the religions kind of have it right. And that, yes, there is a God. And at the end of the day, if you're just a decent person and you love others, you love yourself and try and be your best self every day. When you die, it honestly doesn't matter what Bible you read, what God you pray to, like, just do that. Bottom line. You can't go wrong. I kind of feel like that's why I was so targeted and challenged and experienced all that I did growing up because I wasn't that blind sheep
0: very interesting
2: of following
0: you're not blind it was, You're not a you're not a blind sheep at all because I was, no. I was leading you down the path to get you to just say what you said
2: what <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it was that very like that it that I am now of course, you know, as I mature, as I grow, is I am learning now that that is my purpose, that is my calling, and and everything I've experienced leading up has led me to where I am, and that's why I don't feel negatively in this huge event that happened that put me on my ass for months, you know, that I had to relearn everything. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for having gone through that, you know, I'm, I'm stronger, I'm smarter and I
0: don't know. (laughs) I think that that is a wonderful way to end this episode. So Jay, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on tonight. I want to thank you for reaching out to me. I hope that you got to got to say the things that you wanted to get off your chest and hopefully it wasn't too uncomfortable for you.
2: No, not at all. I enjoyed that.
0: All right, then. Thank you.
2: Bye. Thanks for having me. All
0: right, guys. That's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed hearing... Jay's experiences if you did then please don't forget to leave us a five star rating and review wherever you can share the show share it with your friends share it with your family share it with your co-workers the more listeners makes for more experiencers coming forward and if you've had an experience or have a story that you'd like to have told on Uncomfortable please reach out to me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com or message me on Instagram or Facebook Until the next time, stay uncomfortable, my friends.